0: Thank you for listening to the If You Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. Carla Jo Helms is here with us. Hello, hello. And today we'll be talking about managing remote workers with Lisette Sutherland. Lisette is the director of Collaboration Superpowers. That's a company that helps people work together from anywhere through online and in-person workshops. She also produces a weekly podcast featuring interviews with remote working experts, highlighting the challenges and successes of working with virtual teams. Lisette, thrilled to have you on today.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: Um, so this is a really unique subject for us. We usually talk more about kind of hardcore marketing type stuff, but remote workers, I think, is a, a really interesting area. A lot of marketing teams have, have remote workers, or uh, there's a lot of companies nowadays that are fully remote. So we're really excited to get talking to you about this. First, can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and a little bit about your company's, uh, or your company collaboration superpowers?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Lisette, of course, and uh, I'm an American living in the Netherlands for the last 10 years. Um, and the wait, reason wait, I'm here wait, is...
0: wait. Are you living in the Netherlands just to practice remote working or is that where the company is located?
1: Uh, no, I live, let's see, myself. I, I am the company. I'm sort of a solopreneur and I have a uh, a franchise model. So I have other facilitators who pay me a license fee in order to be able to give the workshop that I developed. So it's sort ah. of one and the same.
0: I thought maybe your company sent you like to Siberia just to practice there their, their <laughs> remote working techniques.
1: Well, as you know, you're not so far off because the reason I'm here was because uh, I was living in Los Angeles 10 years ago and I was working for a company that built an online project management tool and because we were using an online project management tool and everybody was, you, you know, eating our own dog food, shall we say, we could work from anywhere. And I sort of had this realization one day of like, what am I doing in Los Angeles? And so I decided to venture out and see where I'd end up. And uh, I ended up in the Netherlands.
0: That's awesome. I did that years ago when I was doing sales. I worked remotely, went all over Europe. It's, it was amazing when you realize, wait, I can be anywhere. Why am I not in Costa Rica on a beach right now?
1: Exactly.
0: Most remote workers, are they working somewhere for that reason? Or is it more of my commute's long, some days I'll work from home type of thing?
1: You know there are there is a small subset of people that are digital nomads, so those are people who are traveling the world and working um, as they travel, so they're sort of working to pay for expenses along the way. Uh, but by and large, most people just want a little bit of freedom and uh, either freedom from the commute or just freedom to work flexible hours, uh, freedom to train for triathlons. and when I talk to people. A lot of people prefer by and large sort of a hybrid model of working where they spend some time in the office and some time working somewhere else, sort of depending on the task or the mood or what they have going on in their lives.
0: So it's not like they're in the Netherlands and their rest of their uh work staff is in Los Angeles. It's, you know, they're in Los Angeles but they spend a couple of days working at home.
1: That's correct. Yeah, that's by and large. Most people really prefer that. They like the contact of being in the office. But really what people want is they want to work where they're most productive. And sometimes that's at the office with other people. And sometimes that's at home or from a co-working space or, you know, a beach. Some people, you know, like to work from a beach. Although It sounds way more glamorous than it is because working from a beach, you've got the sun and the laptop screen and you've got, you know, sand. That's not really, it's not that great. Yeah, not that easy in the pictures.
0: Everybody thinks that's what we're doing. I remember when I traveled, the idea was, oh yeah, you'd just be bouncing around and working in. What we found out was, no, you have to have a hotel room or an apartment or something. You'd sit down at a table and focus and work. Otherwise, you're not just sitting on the bench at the Louvre and uh, doing your work. It doesn't work that way.
1: Right, right, and it also depends on the kind of work. Like for instance, I I have maybe five or six video calls per day, so I can't just be sitting in a public space having, you know, professional calls with people. I really need to be in a place where I can. Most most of the time, it needs to be a place where it's quiet, um, and where I don't have a lot of background noise, and where I can focus on the people that I'm talking to.
0: All right. So sorry, I I uh, jumped in and cut you off. You were you were getting into um, kind of what the company does and, and what you do in general.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, Collaboration Superpowers, we help people and companies work better together remotely. And we do that through in-person or online workshops. And uh, so I I really recommend when people take the workshop that I've developed called the Work Together Anywhere workshop that they do it online because, you know, if you want to learn how to work remotely, it's best to do it remotely. But it's still sort of a new thing. And people don't believe that online workshops can be engaging or interactive or possible even. So I I and my facilitators get flown all over the world to give (laughs) remote working workshops in person.
0: Interesting. So in person, is that out of convenience versus... Doing it remotely?
1: I think it's just out of, um, you know, they think it's going to be a webinar or it's going to be some sort of an on demand video series, and they don't trust that it's going to be um, as powerful or as Yeah, as good as it is in person. So now what I've done is if people insist that I need to be there in person, well, for one, I charge more (laughs) because, you know, it costs a lot more time and energy to go somewhere. Um, But then I also uh, promote a hybrid version of the workshop. So we do a half day in person and then we do two online sessions. So you actually get a chance to experience what a virtual office feels like, what it's like to teleport to another place. You know, you can sort of get in and push the buttons and, and see what it's like and how to behave online.
0: Yeah, and I guess it seems like hey, if you're if you're pitching these people and training them on remote working, but you're doing it in person, it seems odd at first, but then you realize, oh, if they're not sold on remote working yet to do that remotely, like you kind of need to come in person and sell them on the next step versus trying to remotely sell them on remote might be a, a bit of a step too far. I mean, do you feign insult ever when they say they, they need you to come in person or just charge them to the come?
1: <laughs> no, I just charge more and I go in person because uh, I really love traveling and I love seeing new places. So I get to go to all kinds of exotic locations every year. So that's, uh, it works out for well,
2: I would imagine that they wouldn't have a problem paying for it. I mean, you know, remote workforce for people that aren't remote work, right? Um, it's virtual and it's not very real to them. I think sometimes the virtual world is less real to others because there's not things that you can see and touch, right? So it seems almost counterintuitive to have an in-person workshop on a remote workforce, but I can totally see How that would make them more comfortable. For sure.
1: And also, you know, the thing is people don't realize how far we've come with technology in the last five years. So many people are still using the old conference room, spider phones, or worse, Skype for Business, which seems to be prevalent in every company and is just the worst online video conferencing tool. And people don't realize that, you know, virtual reality is here and lots of remote teams are experimenting with that. Holograms are right around the corner. You know, technology has come a long way. And it's time for people to throw out the old spider phones and Skype for Business and check out what's on the market now. Oh
2: my gosh, you're busting me. We have 50% remote workforce and we use Skype for Business. <laughs> and I want to know you're not what is better. That is such a good point. You know, we have lots of clients and companies that are remote and they use Skype for Business. And we always have problems. Um, but, you know, I think... Sometimes you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. I don't even
1: think HR has looked into another tool. Isn't that odd? That's odd. You're, you're not alone. Most, I mean, I would say 70% of the people that I do workshops for and the companies I do workshops for are using Skype for Business because it comes included in Microsoft Office. Totally. And so everybody gets Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Office, and then you have Skype for Business. And why would you buy yet another tool if you've already got totally. something? Totally.
2: Well, what do you recommend? That's like the number one thing I want to know.
1: There are a couple of tools. I mean, almost anything will be better than Skype for business. And I'm not just saying (laughs) that I'm really I'm really a hater because because it it inhibits communication on so many teams um, and then they blame remote working. And um, the tools that are better, the one that I love the most is Zoom, Zoom.us, and there's another one called Blue Jeans. But you know, even Blue, hang- jeans. Blue okay. jeans, yeah, and even Hangouts Meet or appear in, or some of these, uh, some of the other ones are also better. Um, but Zoom and Blue Jeans, if you use either of those tools, um, you'll be, you'll never go back. I'll say that you'll never go back. Which is your favorite? Zoom, by far.
0: I'm really happy to hear that because we're, we're getting ready to swap over to Zoom, I think, for this podcast real soon. We evaluated a bunch of um, conference technologies and, and things for this type of a thing, and we found Zoom, although not designed for podcast recording, we're basically having a remote session here together, and, and we found Zoom to be the best solution for us out there.
2: And why do you both think Zoom is the best solution? I mean, I know that our listeners are going to be asking that as well
1: uh zoom for so one of the reasons that Skype for business is so bad is it because it will um the person who has the lowest quality bandwidth on the call affects everybody else on the call and with zoom everybody has a separate line so if one person has low bandwidth it doesn't affect anybody else on the call i had no idea yeah, there's some other technical magic in there that I'm not exactly sure why, but what I know is when I have calls with people, for instance, in in Germany or in Eastern Germany, Skype for Business won't work and Zoom will with very high quality. You can have up to 50 people on the call at the same time, five zero, um, and it has got a great mobile version. So and the price is great. I think it's 15 US dollars per month, and they have a free version, and the free version only cuts you off after 45 minutes, which most people think is a fee. Feature rather than, uh, you know, like a limitation. Right. You but, don't want uh, a
0: meeting going longer than that anyway, usually.
1: Exactly. exactly, exactly. <laughs> you should
0: have to pay extra to be cut off at 45 minutes. It sounds like we just did it. Well, <laughs> we just did a mini commercial for zoom, but that's, that's what they, they get for having a good product.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's-
2: wow. Well, you know, that's probably a number, I don't know if it's number one, but number two, but I bet they want to know what tools do they need to do use to communicate, measure, and run a remote workforce. I bet that's one of the the biggest questions.
0: Yeah. So, Lisette, you mentioned blue jeans, and we talked about Zoom a little bit. Are there any other technologies that are really useful for remote? Uh... I mean, I'm sure there are, but can you tell us what they are?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's 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 tons actually. If, on my website, I have a tools page that lists about 400 or 500 different tools that remote teams are using, and they're all categorized, so you don't have to like scroll through tons and tons of tons of tools. But you know, I would say sort of the minimum that you want to have is a great video conferencing tool, and you want to turn on the videos. That's a big thing, um, and then you want to have some sort of a group a group chat tool. So that can be Stride or Slack is probably the most popular one. But, you know, Salesforce has one. There's a a bunch of them out there. Um, And then other things that you would want, I guess, is task tracking, which most people have, but also some way of brainstorming. So an online sticky note board or a whiteboard that you can draw on sort of as virtual teams and get together and, and visualize what you're talking about but that at a minimum is pretty much, you know, after that it's all, it all gets fancy. There are a lot of teams um, that use virtual offices, so it's it's the my favorite tool for that is called Sococo S O C O C O and it's basically just like what it sounds like it's an office that you go to online and when you arrive there you are uh, you are looking down into a virtual floor plan with a number of different offices and you can see where everybody is on the virtual floor plan but you can only hear and see the the people that are in the same office as you so you can see where everybody is and if you want to go to another office you just double click and uh, and then you're in the other office. So those kind of tools are really great for creating presence on a team. So you don't have to call somebody and say like, hey, you know, Sky, can you talk next week at two? Instead, you can just knock on somebody's virtual door. So it's like a sim life
0: uh, business edition.
1: Exactly, exactly. But far <laughs> easier to use than Sim was.
0: So um, you mentioned all the technologies. We'll put those on the show notes for this episode, or we'll put a link to your to your website if you don't mind um, for uh, all the different tools That people use it sounds like you'd made a reference to what's coming in holograms and stuff like that are we going to see at some point or is there any purpose to the stuff you see (laughs) in movies where Mm -hmm. nobody's in the room but there's a bunch of holograms looking at each other
1: it is really right around the corner i mean in fact in 2012 at coachella they made a hologram of tupac and tupac and snoop dogg Played together, Snoop Dogg was there in the flesh, and Tupac was there as a hologram. So, the hologram technology has been there for, for quite a long it's time. Just it's that, just it that it takes significant bandwidth and it's pretty expensive. <laughs> but now with new technology, they've got 3D cameras that are coming out. And yeah, I mean, soon I'm I'm thinking within the next year or two, you'll be able to beam into a conference anywhere in the world and actually speak as a hologram on stage. Wow!
0: Hologram, if there's other live people there, but what about? augmented reality or virtual reality, just putting on glasses to be in a room and everybody else is there type of a thing.
1: Yeah, that is already happening. I think most people are just really intimidated by virtual reality technology um, because it has been hard to use. I mean, Second Life has been around for I don't know more than 20 years now, and they have tons of people using it, all kinds of uh, university. I mean, you can take classes in Second Life. The military uses it for simulations. Um, tons of people are you know meeting there and hanging out together, but it is pretty hard to move your avatar around and to find your way around. And so. You know, most, I would say, <laughs> normal people <laughs> aren't really, you know, normal people are still sitting around the conference room table with spider phones. Um, yeah. They're not exploring uh, virtual reality because in order for these tools to be. What are spider phones? You know, that's the conference room phones. that sat. They're like these um, uh,
2: speakers that sit in the Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen one of those in
1: I didn't know they were called spider phone. I don't know what, I I think, I don't know what other name they might be called. Is that the one that
0: looks like the world's most boring throwing star or something like that?
2: Exactly.
1: That's the
2: one. It looks like a really old, uh, you know, uh, joystick with the missing (laughs) stick, right?
0: (laughs) So we really, really want person to person interaction so bad that rather than being on a conference, like just seeing the people on our screen through the 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 camera on the computer is nice and all but we want like three-dimensional holograms of people to be looking at to communicate that bad
1: it's surprising how powerful presence is I mean they have um there's so they have these telepresence robots that um, basically you beam in just like you would beam in on Skype you know call in on Skype. but the difference is they have these little robots that sit on the table where you can now turn yourself from side to side just using the arrow keys on your keyboard or you can nod your head up and down or left and right. Um, And those, those, and those aren't even the drivable ones, but they have these telepresence robot and that movement alone gives somebody so much presence in a room. It really humanizes the person. So yeah, video conferencing is great, but creating presence is, uh, is extremely powerful. And for some reason as humans, sight is extremely important and to, and to feel present with other in the room. Yeah. I mean, uh, the more powerful we can make it, I think the better collaboration we'll have.
0: I think maybe we feel if we can't shake our head and roll our eyes at somebody, then it's not quite a meeting.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You
2: know, or joke or laugh. It's like, you know, there is, there is yeah, yeah. a something about the tangible presence of someone, right?
0: One of the reasons that I want to start using uh, Zoom and I started looking into this is I realized this is great the way we've been doing the podcast for this long, but I need the video part. Just to be able to see the other people that I'm talking with, uh, I realize it it adds a whole nother dimension. We had a co-host that was in office at one point, and it was so great to be able to see each other while we were talking and the hand gestures and stuff like that. And you just lose a lot. Yeah. When you can't see somebody's, even just their face, when you can't see somebody talking, it's weird how much context somehow we get, how much you feel so much more comfortable when you can actually see people,
1: I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you can see that somebody wants to speak or they're raising their hand even, or you can, you know, when you use visual, when you use video, you can all of a sudden use all kind of visuals. You know, you can hold up signs and cards and, you know, do hand gestures. And there's a whole set of hand signals that people have developed for online meetings. You know, they have one where you hold your hands up and sort of shake your hands back and forth. They call it jazz hands. And that's just to show that you're really agreeing <laughs> you really with, agree with
2: it. You like saying. it. We do that.
0: That's exactly. awesome.
2: <laughs> now, what is, what is the biggest hurdle that companies have going remote? And what are the biggest hurdles they have once they actually do it?
0: So I'm going to guess number one, Skype for Business.
1: (laughs) Uh, After that. that that. You know, it it is a huge problem. No, but I would say the number one hurdle that people have, especially managers have, is trust. They don't trust that people are going to do the work. There's sort of this fear that if I can't see you, then you're not going to be working. And what's really strange is that the opposite tends to be true, is that uh, people want to work remotely because they want to be more productive, um, and that when they are working from home or when you give them the flexibility, instead of laziness, most people suffer from burnout because they have a hard time turning off because you know mm. we can work from anywhere and any time, and so we tend to do that, um, and that's much more of a problem than laziness.
0: Interesting. So I have a whole series of questions about that because when I hear remote workers, as somebody who has employees, when I hear remote workers, my first thought is, okay, like remote slacker. And then I remember reading the book <laughs> Four Hour Work Week back in the day, and what I took away from the Four Hour Work Week was, oh, this guy has made a career out of.
2: Being a slacker.
0: Kind of, well, conning companies, kind of. And he wrote a book training people, here's how to trick your company into paying you while you're working on something else. To let you first, First, here's how to, I mean, it was a step-by-step guide to how to get out of the office and work remotely. And then a little more, a little more, and leverage this. And now how to do the bare minimum amount of work and they won't know it. And then how to, now you can focus on something else and have basically your second job that they're fine. That's what the book was about. And I was just like, this is, oh my God, this is a step-by-step guide for how to con people. And remote working was a huge part of it. So that was kind of my feeling towards remote working was, yeah, this is what people do remote working for. Um, And I know there's a ton of technologies out there around how to make sure remote workers are actually working. I've heard of one where they have to like hit a certain key on the keyboard every so many seconds. It's like the century checking in. Otherwise there's something wrong kind of. And if they don't, then they're not working at that time. Um, So I guess my feeling and probably, yeah, like you said, a lot of companies feeling is the distrust of, are my people actually working if they're working remotely?
1: Indeed, and there's a lot of ways to, uh, besides, I'm not a fan of monitoring. I know that there are some companies that do, like they monitor keystrokes or they take a picture of the screen every few seconds, and I'm not a fan of that because I just feel like um, the more you control, the less trust that can be built um, there, and I find that there's other ways to build that trust. And... One of those uh, ways that that I really recommend with every team that I do is I say, uh, one first, create a deliberate plan as a manager to facilitate success. So, um, you know, set clear expectations and outline what are the results that are expected. So it's not like how much time you spent on that report, but what is expected of that report and, uh, you know, what are the results that you're expecting? And then the other is create a team agreement together as a team, which outlines you know what kind of information you're going to share, how you're going to communicate together, and how you're going to know what each other are doing. So that's where you can set expected response times. You know, Are there core hours that you need to be on together? What are the tools that you're going to use to talk to each other? How are you going to give each other feedback? All of those things, if you just put that together in a team agreement, can go a long way to, one, alleviate misunderstandings on the team, which uh, which is really really important to do. And then the other is, as a manager, then you you know that you've set the expectations, that people know what's expected of them, um, and that everybody has a clear understanding.
2: Uh, you know why I love that? Because you're getting everyone's agreement. It reminds me of a um, private school that um, my friend's children went to, and they had all of the kids... Uh, in every class, come up with their own anti-bullying rules, and the kids had to come up with it. It wasn't put down by the school. You know, they came up with their own agreement on other rules, too, and the kids followed them, right? So I think of, you know, this as you get a team agreement. They come up with it. It's not coming from management. Management
1: endorses it. It's probably more likely to be followed, right? Right. Oh for sure and also it it takes away from you know some people are email people and some people are phone people some people like instant message and it, it really takes away a lot of the misunderstandings about how to communicate together and I think what you said uh, was really important it's not something that comes from the manager it's something that the team sits down and has a conversation about and agrees on and then when something goes awry and somebody's not following protocol then you could just say like hey I thought we agreed like this was the behavior that we were going to to establish on our team like what's going on. So it's not finger pointing anymore. It's more like pointing towards the agreement and saying, I thought we had a misunder I thought we had an understanding, like what's going (laughs) on. So brilliant. Is that what you do in your class, in your uh, online... Yeah, that's That's the first module of the workshop, is we actually create an agreement together for how we're going to behave in the workshop. Like, where are we going to store the files? How are we going to talk to each other? You know, do we use Google Drive, or do we use Dropbox? Or do we use Slack, or do you guys want to use emails? And sort of, we just go through and build it ju- for, the, for the duration of the workshop.
0: That is some real uh, Jedi mind trick stuff. And it uh, just kind of blew my <laughs> mind a little bit to say... Why am I not doing that overall more in in my company overall
2: really? In I know right
0: oh yeah, when you have people create the solution themselves, they actually follow through with it. they own it. We've seen many people where they struggle, 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 we give them more responsibility, make them the boss, and suddenly they're really good hard workers they, you know they own it that's uh that's awesome
1: yeah and they'll write they'll write rules that make sense to them. Right. They're not going to write rules that are that are restrictive or are going to work against them. They're going to write rules that make sense for the team that they're on. And you've hired professionals. So assuming that these are professionals, you know, with skills that you've hired, then uh, I'd say for leaders, we've got to we've got to kind of go from command and control and instead set the goals as leaders, set the path and the direction and then allow the professionals to have the autonomy to go there in the way that they see best.
2: Yeah, it really is getting people's agreement. Plus, you know, they kind of would look like uh, a pariah if they said no, 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 I, I'm not in agree. <laughs> I'm I don't want to do that, <laughs> right? They've already said they wanted to do it for the best, you know, most effective communication. I would mean, be, I would, they would be hard pressed to go against it, right?
0: So you said, Lisa, you said that you're the uh, the monitoring of workers is something you're generally against. Um, you feel that the this the slacker isn't really the uh, archetype of the person that's that's looking to work remotely or works remotely. Those things all sound exactly like what the poster child for remote working would say, suspiciously. Uh. <laughs> is there a situation where you think monitoring is necessary where, I mean, where a company, I know bosses are all paranoid that everybody's trying to steal work for them and from them and whatnot. And we want everyone running in place when they're not doing something productive. Um, But I'm sure there is a percentage of people that want to do remote working and they really want to just kind of work a couple hours a day and slack off and and, and whatnot. How do you find and eliminate and identify those and what do you do about them?
1: Well, so there are circumstances for monitoring where I've thought like, okay, I can see that. And that's, you know, if a company is brand new to remote working or to having remote workers or outsourcing at all, it can help alleviate the managers or leadership's fears, and so starting out with monitoring just to see—I um, I can understand. I mean, if, if that's that if that's what's getting in the way of even trying it, uh, trying outsourcing or trying any of it, then I would think like, okay, start with it and see what, how it goes. But um, people that tend to be uh, over-controlled—it's—it just doesn't. There's just it doesn't build an environment for trust.
0: Right. So it's typically like you'll, you'll throw it out there. You say, okay, if you really feel like you need that, then we'll do it just to make you feel comfortable type of a thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a last resort, if it's, if it's really <laughs> the, the one thing that's in the way, but you know, there's going to be the George Costanzas in any, any business. So they're, and if they're lay, if you think they're going to be lazy at home, they're probably <laughs> lazy at the office too. And they're figuring out some ways to um, to work to game the system, there's always going to be a couple people, but I always
0: calling them a George Costanza is that something that you came up with or is that common industry jargon
1: oh no I just uh, I assume that everybody knows Seinfeld and George yeah, yeah. is always the one to try. yeah so I just assumed everybody knew Seinfeld, I hadn't, right heard, I hadn't I heard, heard
0: of that. it refer to that before I love that He <laughs> just calls somebody a George Costanza he Costanza it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's, <laughs> that's what I always think of when there's somebody trying to like you know build the alarm clock under their desk somewhere so that they yeah. can uh, yeah But uh, I would say if you set, if you go results oriented, it's actually a lot harder for people to be lazy because if you're results oriented instead of time oriented, then everybody's looking for, you need to produce the results. And if you have sufficient feedback loops in place, then it should be very clear to your team who's producing results and who's not. Uh,
2: You know, I was so embarrassed about Skype for business, but I will tell you that I am not embarrassed that we do do that. We measure people on um, production and their output. Um, we met you know managed by statistics and they love it but you know what if they get their work done you know they're done if they don't um, they're not but they're held accountable to their peers and we don't really mark the time it does work it absolutely works
1: Well, I find that it puts the motivation in a better place because it's not like, okay, I have eight hours to do this or, you know, I have to do this marketing report and I've got 40 hours. Okay, so I've got to stay. If I'm working in the office, I'll stay sitting there for 40 hours just because I get paid for sitting there. But I mean, you kind of want the employee who can write the marketing report in nine hours if possible and then have other time for other work. Like you want to motivate people to to produce results and not on how long it's going to take them. You know, you want that person that's going to write it quicker. Yeah. That's that's just their metric. Yeah.
0: Most bosses say if you can finish it twice as fast, then I'll give you twice as much
1: work. (laughs) Right. Right. So that's not Um, a motivator.
2: (laughs) Well, they should probably get bonuses based off of being, you know, their statistic being up or, you know, up stat. We kind of coin it. Um, You know, that makes the producers really want to work hard.
0: Yep, Excellent. I want to take a quick break here, Lisette. Sorry to cut you off. Um, If you could think about this for after the break, I'd be interested in knowing if you have any numbers on the the percentage of companies that use remote workers, um, what the remote working kind of situation, how it's changed over the last uh, handful of years, uh, whatnot. So we're going to take a really quick break and then we'll be uh, right back with Lisette Sutherland of Collaboration Superpowers uh, talking about remote working. Hey, this is Patrick McFadden, uh, founder at Indispensable Marketing. If you're a professional service provider or a B2B business owner and you're struggling to attract your best clients and also charge a premium
2: for your service, I think you should really check out our website at IndispensableMarketing.com. You'll find some great resources there. And if you want to reach out, just click our free consultation button.
0: All right. Welcome back from the break. Uh, this is Sky Cassidy. I'm your host on the If You Market podcast. I've got our co-host Carla Jo Helms here with us. Hi there. And uh, we are speaking with Lisette uh, Sutherland of the Collaboration Superpowers Company about managing remote workers and basically everything remote workers. Um, so Lissette, before the break, I'd mentioned, I'd mentioned any stats you might have, any information you might have on the growth, the popularity of remote working, that kind of stuff. Can you speak to that a little?
1: Uh, Well, I'll be very general and just say a lot of people are working remotely. I I don't know. The the stats are in the first chapter of the book. Um, There's a lot of stats there on why people are working or, you know, the percentages and who and and how many. But really, um, suffice it to say that there's a lot of people doing it and it's on the rise. And it's only going to be more and more on the rise as the technology increases and makes it more possible.
0: Right, right. So one thought I was having on it is – Remote working seems to be really cool right now, like the really cool companies, the everybody wants to work here. We're such a cool company to work for. Places are all, I mean, there's 100% remote workforce companies. Uh, Carla Joe, you guys are super cool because I know you guys have a remote workforce.
2: Yeah, we are super cool. <laughs>
0: Is there any chance this is a fad like the open office space that basically is getting pushed by Silicon Valley and they're saying, look how cool we are. It's an open office space when really they just got a hanger to work out of because it was cheap and everybody wants to have a cubicle so they aren't constantly bothered by all the office noise or is this is this legit? Uh,
1: okay. Well, for I'm very biased, of course, so this is <laughs> a really hard to answer.
0: Ah, oh, I thought that was a gotcha question. I was waiting for you to say, you go. It's, it's a fad.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh God, no, I hope it's not a fad. I hope it's not a fad because I think the reason why it's not a fad is one, it offers people freedom and i think that's really a powerful motivator so just you know the freedom to avoid the commute the freedom to care for your elderly parents or your children or the or to train for triathlon or you know whatever it is and for companies also the freedom to hire people that are not necessarily in the same city there's lots of software development companies out there that are needing other software developers, but they can't find them in the local region where their headquarters are. So they have to go and find people or, yeah. I mean, even the cost. Right.
0: It removes obstacles. Exactly. Or the yeah. cost
1: savings. I yeah. mean, a developer in San Francisco costs significantly more than a developer in Vietnam and that's um, revenue companies can't ignore. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a fad. And especially when the technology, especially when Skype for Business goes out of business and the other, you know, we're, we're using real technology. It, there's no no reason that we should come to the office.
0: I am selling all my stock inside Skype for Business now. <laughs> I hope that's not an insider trading to hear that from you. You know, employees
2: or <laughs> or candidates for um, you know to be employees, they also recognize um, that there is a quality of life factor and they're willing to take um, you know a bit lower salary for having remote working. You know, they're not spending the miles on their car, they're not spending the gas, they're not spending the time Uh, You know, the mileage and so forth and the time and the traffic. That's what I found as well. So you have uh, people that are willing to, you know, work all around the U.S. or maybe even the country um, that are in different um, areas where the cost of living is different.
1: Oh yeah, and and there's a recent Gallup poll actually where it said 60% of the people said that they would leave their current job if they could find another job uh, uh, that offered flexibility and even with a lower pay. Yeah, wow, that's quite a stat. So it is something that people really
0: want. It is a huge perk, the flexibility, yeah. And commuting, I mean, I live in LA and when we're looking at people, we have a really hard time keeping people that are outside of a certain range. And I ask my people all the time, can is that something and they say no we can't ask that when hiring we can't ask where they live we can't ask i said there's got to be a line where we can ask like can we ask if they live in the state
2: well we get to know when they yeah. apply i mean how is it that they don't know we we get to know
0: uh, hr just says there's certain things you're not allowed to to ask or take into consideration
2: well it's probably certain yeah. states. consideration
0: yeah. also california is pretty pretty rough with this stuff um i don't know you yeah. can discriminate against somebody geographically my point to them was can we not hire them cuz they don't live in this state it seems like what about this country there's got to be a geographic line where you're allowed to say sorry you're too far away it doesn't work for the job and in in los angeles that right. line is you know if you're if you're more than 20 miles away the commute's going to be too long and you're not going to last you're going to go find another job eventually because commuting is, is just too much of a pain. It's not worth it. Um, for certain positions, high level positions, people will commute a little bit more maybe, but it's just so difficult, like like you're saying, Lisette, to get talent and to get the people you need sometimes because just of commute issues. So yeah, people can remote work, even part-time yeah. remote work. It, it opens up so many more people for you to hire. We were scared to death Amazon was going to come to LA because we we're going to have to change our business plan. We wouldn't be able to f- hire anybody in so many positions anymore uh so it's yeah. yeah remote working opening yourself up geographically to talent everywhere is is that's a that's a big deal
1: yeah it's huge they, they have this say this quote that i came across that says a bad commute can ruin a great job oh gosh that's
2: yeah. true yeah. isn't it, it really good
0: that needs to be a bumper sticker yeah uh
2: yeah, in la, <laughs> in LA can
0: you know like imagine being behind the car that has that on their bumper <laughs>
2: yeah well you know Especially if you have horrible traffic, that's just...
1: Oh, yeah. I just came back from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the traffic there is incredible. It is, it's, nothing, it's nothing like, I mean, you'd think it's something similar to Los Angeles, but because their infrastructure is not so well built up there, you've got this old infrastructure and just millions of cars, and it is crazy. People commute, uh, many people at the office that I was visiting there, many people commute two to three hours each way per day.
0: I was just picturing the traffic was terrible because there's constant parades and women with feathers coming off of them walking through the streets <laughs> that, and stuff like that. You're that saying it's real traffic? Traffic? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the traffic terrible? Oh no, it's another parade. Okay.
2: Here are some more statistics from that book of yours. Um,
1: geez, statistics. Oh, and also
0: mention the book a little more. We yeah. haven't really talked about that at all. We'll have a note of it in the um in in the. Uh, notes for the, uh, this episode, of course, but um, can you tell us about the book yeah. in general?
1: yeah so um the what's called work together anywhere and it's a handbook on working remotely successfully for individuals teams and managers um and i wrote it from the three different perspectives because i felt that one you know individuals if they're just starting to work remote what is it that they need to know you know teams have another set of issues and then managers have another set of issues but instead of writing three separate books for each separate audience my theory and my sort of my philosophy when writing this was It makes us stronger to know the other's perspective. So if you're an individual um, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what is it that your manager is looking for in a remote worker, then you can just go to the management section um, and see what it is that managers are struggling with and what are they trying to do. And as managers, you know, if you're trying to understand, uh, you know, how individual workers, you would go to the individual section. And so, you know, to be um, better informed about each other sort of helps us communicate. And so that's sort of the, the... where the book was written from so um, people are
0: getting three books for the price of one.
1: Oh yeah and a huge resources section i mean a third of the book is just resources tools people um you know thing, things other books that you can read about it so it's it's just sort of a yeah it's a it really is a handbook i would say i didn't intend it didn't start this way but it did end up this way
0: and the introduction i think was written by skype is that right
1: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> One day, Sky going to after me. <laughs> if after this podcast airs, you never hear from me again, you know where to look. Just take <laughs> the police off first. <laughs>
0: Now we know why you're in the Netherlands. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. You get far away from the New sky people. No, I was really honored. Um, the the forward of the book was written by a guy named Jurgen Apollo who is a management guru, and he's sort of been a mentor of mine for the last few years. He wrote a book called Management 3.0 and another book called Managing for Happiness. And I am the remote office manager on uh, one of his teams that he started. So uh, I felt like it's really you know it's really easy to get up on stage or to write these books and then just to say like here's how you do it and if you want to solve conflict on a remote team, well, here's the three things you should do. And I found that actually being a remote office manager keeps me very humble because you have to deal with these personality conflicts and the weird things that come up. And it makes it just—I don't know—it just sort of instills in me a sense of humility when I'm on stage and presenting or giving workshops. And that, like, it sounds really easy, and the steps for working remotely are pretty simple. Like, it's not rocket science. You know, you're not—I didn't have to. You know, I don't have to be super smart or anything to do any of this stuff, but um it does you do have to you do have to do it
0: now in the in the perks of remote working, do you ever list things like you know how Steve at the office is always cooking eggs and broccoli in the microwave <laughs> or burning popcorn and stuff like that You don't have to deal with that is that one of the perks listed? Does that register up there like the person with a bad body hygiene uh or yeah, the, or
1: your lunch that keeps getting stolen by somebody yeah. there at the office yeah all those office politics yeah it, it does get a mention it does get a mention it's not a huge <laughs> mention but yeah there are a lot of perks though because you know, we don't get to choose our colleagues necessarily, but we spend a tremendous amount of time with them. And sometimes it's better to work with people at a distance. I mean, we get along with them even, you know, a little bit better if they're just sort of at arm's length. That's not always the case. I would say the best remote teams are are the ones that really They not only are professionals, but they enjoy working together and they actively seek each other out. There's something magic about that kind of a team.
0: Do you ever see a team where everybody raises their hand and just says, remote working sounds great. Can we send this person
2: remote?
1: (laughs) 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 Nobody's come forward yet, but I'm sure it exists.
2: Yeah, that's usually the person that doesn't get something done and you really don't want that person (laughs) that way. I'm sure it exists.
1: Clearly it's out there. Clearly it's
2: out there.
0: Lissette, if you are the poster child for uh, remote workforces, um, do you have a, uh, a nemesis? Is there somebody on the other side? Is there another camp that's pushing hard to say remote working is a terrible idea and nobody should do it? That kind of thing.
1: Okay, I'm going to oh God, talk about people coming after me, and and uh, I'm only going to mention this.
0: <laughs> I mean, not in a negative way. It's when you guys see each other at conventions, you do don't it, have do to it. go uh, you know, get into a, um, a fight club or something like that.
1: Well, so there is an article that came out in May 2017, and it was by Patrick Lencioni, who, of course, is a famous author. Um, And he wrote this article entitled, uh, you know, remote teams, I I have to remember uh, what the articles are, it basically said remote teams can't work, like don't do it. It's, uh, the truth is virtual teams can work, but they often don't, is his conclusion for that. And since he's such a famous author, you know, everybody pointed towards this article and said, aha, see, You know, Patrick Lencioni says you can't do it. And of course, IBM famously brought all people back to the office after having remote workers out there.
2: There was another tech giant that did that. Was it Yahoo?
1: Yahoo also did it. Yeah. 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 And I understand. I mean, I have to say, you know, I'm not trying to argue whether remote is better than in person. Uh, For me, the far more interesting question is if you have to be remote for one reason or another, and there's always, you know, the kids are sick at home, bad commute, you know, transportation problems, whatever it is. um, It's, you know, what do we do if we have to be remote? Then what? And that's, I think, a far more interesting yeah. question because whether you – like IBM and Yahoo, they both had very legitimate reasons for bringing their people back to the office. It was what their company needed at the time. And so well, I and they brought
0: them up, back, but I bet you they still have remote workers. Oh, for they sure. They don't have zero course. remote workers. They just of had course. a massive force and they'd done a big push maybe and they realized, oh, we just kind of did it to do it. Maybe we should pull this back a little.
1: Well, and also they would have lost a significant amount of their top talent if they didn't allow right. exceptions to that. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, businesses, some businesses need to be in person for certain phases of their, their business. And some people, you know, at some point you can go remote. It really depends on the business. Um, so I, my, my focus is more if you have to be remote then what do you do? Cause I think that's just far more interesting, but uh, I wish I could meet Pat Patrick Lencioni. I mean, I, I respect him very much as an author. Um, I just thought that that article was very damaging.
0: So you're saying he writes good, but his ideas are just
1: bad. Well, his idea on this, his experience was, I would say he should have read my book first before coming to his conclusion. <laughs> but you know, people must not be listening to him anymore
2: because we have a large percentage of our population, our remote workforce, and it's growing and growing. So they're probably kind of, that statistic is debunking him
1: as it goes along.
0: So now I would say, Lisette, have you read his book?
1: Uh, yes, I've read it, but it's been a while. Of course, I've read this <laughs> okay. book. Yeah, his so
0: now books. I think you guys need to get into a Twitter fight and settle it. Um oh, that Because uh, I was going to say maybe, you know, he needs to read your book to understand your side. I feel frequently when people feel they're on different sides, really, they're actually close to each other. It's just the wording you use in the headline seems to create two separate camps where it's remote working is bad, remote working is good, when it probably he's saying there should be a lot less and you're saying there should be a lot more, and you guys might be a couple percentages away in how much remote working you think there should be.
2: Um, you, think that's the, you think that's the case with this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure that we could have an intelligent discussion around the pros and cons and his experiences. I'm sure that uh, something good would come of it. Or a Music vicious Twitter time. fight
0: would still be fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed indeed that would also be fun
0: <laughs> anyway thank you for letting us put you on the spot uh, uh with with that one i'm sure you guys can still remain uh professional uh, uh with, with each other when he comes to the oh is there remote working conferences does that make Tons. any sense yeah, there are tons. <laughs> you
1: know, are they remote? Well, <laughs> Some are remote and some are not. There's like, you know, there's one coming up in Bali soon. So they're, you know, they're picking these beautiful places. And, and I would say, you know, for for conferencing and for networking, there are a number of different formats that people are trying. There's nothing that replaces being in person, you know, sharing a bowl of nachos and some beers together. There is nothing online at the moment that replaces that kind of experience. Virtual nachos. Yeah. 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 Getting
0: drunk, drunk at a so conference good. in your living living room is just depressing and sad.
1: It is. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's just, the there's Yoko something problem. different to it. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, I attended a conference in Las Vegas via robot. I was in my living room in the Netherlands, and my friend, uh, Kristen, was from Vancouver, and she attended the same conference in a robot. And so we both were in Las Vegas via robot, and then she was in Canada, and I was in the Netherlands. And it was great. We spent the whole day there. You know, we went to talks. We we went to various booths. We had lunch together. You know, it was uh, it was amazing, actually. So there, there's lots of different uh, lots of different things we can do now.
0: You gave me an idea. I want to start a business now. That's a remote, um, a remote bar, so people can sit on their couch in their house and still be at the at the bar drinking. They don't Wouldn't have to drink alone at home. Would
2: for alcohol for over alcohol consumption. You know, yeah, yeah. you
0: just have an entrance fee and and you're good. <laughs>
1: You don't have to arrange rides home for anybody. It's a lot yeah. of business yeah. there. Yeah. And we World's can all feel bar. good about drinking alone.
0: Yeah. It's the biggest profit margin <laughs> of any bar. So can you give, uh, do you have any kind of initial tips that you give people that are considering or already have remote workers, um, some do's and don'ts type of, th- type of stuff?
1: Uh, yeah. So I would say for the first part, uh, one of the number one things is have awesome internet and I know that it sounds like it goes without saying but so many people don't have great internet so if you you know if you've got employees and they want to work from home and they don't have a great internet connection then it's a no go i mean it's you really have to have good internet in order for it to work because gone are the days that when we say we're going to work from home and then you know we don't talk to anybody at the office it's like a home day where you're just on your own at home alone and nobody bothers you i mean we can work from anywhere now and there's no reason that we shouldn't be in contact. I always say it should be like Star Trek, you know, if they have the communicators and it's, you know, the captain can just be like, Hey, Picard to Riker and Riker from anywhere on the ship responds. And it should also be that way with our teams, no matter where they're working.
0: Mm. So um, you're a Picard so, guy, huh?
1: Yeah. Or Janeway. I mean, <laughs> we could go, we could go, but I'm a huge Star Trek fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but um so having having awesome internet, using great equipment, always use video whenever possible because it's just so powerful uh for team building and you know, creating uh empathy on a team and then train your team. Like, you know, we all say like, oh we we think remote working is easy because we've got the you know images of working on the beach or working in our pajamas, but actually there's a whole bunch of little things that people need to know or it would just be good to, you know, it's good to know about in order to be a really high functioning remote team. So it's not meant to be um, a shameless plug for the workshop. I'm just saying, you know, we train our teams in all kinds of things, uh, but nobody thinks to train for working from from anywhere. But, but I think that's a really important component.
0: Right. I've got a quick uh, story about remote working. I was working a long, long time ago. Uh, I had an apartment with roommates and I was working from home uh, sometimes a lot of the time. And I, I was having troubles with the internet and I didn't know why. And it turns out one of my roommates was a slacker and he was a gamer and he was doing like serious hardcore gaming um, on our internet connection. So my. My connection to work remotely, my connection to just to have calls. I had, uh, you know, I probably not Skype, probably Vonage or one of those early VoIP connections. The sound was always bad. It couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Oh man! This guy was gaming in the next uh, the next room constantly, yeah. just eating up all the bandwidth. So even if all you're doing is getting on the phone with with clients and stuff like that. If you don't have a good internet connection, it can really wreak havoc.
1: Oh yeah, it just gets in the way of great communication. So, and yeah. then also um, consider your background noise. I had a colleague once who had a bird cage next to her workstation, and it's super cute at first. And then, you know, fifteen minutes into the conversation, you're you're <laughs> you're wondering how you can silence the bird. That's
2: right. So great.
1: it's um you know if you're calling in from coffee shops and uh, and the road or from calling yeah, in from the, the noise car. Is just- yeah. Yeah. And there's now a lot of great tools for that. I mean, they have noise canceling headsets, which are great. And there's a new app called Crisp.ai, which actually takes the background noise out. You don't even need a noise noise canceling microphone. It's sort of an app that works in the background. It's amazing. Wow.
0: You don't have to have a phone booth installed in your in your home.
1: Yeah, indeed. Although it is fun. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you have your own,
0: you know, in home cone of silence to work out of. <laughs>
1: Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt to have that. That's for sure.
0: That's great. So, any other uh, specific dos and don'ts uh, for people?
1: Okay, uh, I would say, and definitely create regular feedback loops. Uh, you want to be checking in with people on a regular basis because uh, when you work remote, you do you have less, uh, you just have less contact. You know, you, when you walk around an office, you can see what people are doing, but when you're remote, you can't. And so, feedback loops are super important. Um, and part of that feedback loops, I would say, showing appreciation and celebrating success. Uh, it doesn't happen as often as one would expect, even in in an office working in person. But online, it tends to happen very, very little. And mm-hmm. showing appreciation and sending gifts, there's actually tons of great stuff that we can do online. You know, like you can you can send a pizza almost anywhere in the world. So if you have a team that's burning them in <laughs> that hour somewhere, send them a pizza. You can, It's super easy. Or you can send flowers or, you know, renting a co-working space for them or house cleaning services. Tons of great gifts that you can send online, but we forget to do that. And appreciation on any team, you know, when we don't show appreciation you can decrease morale. So it's one of those situations where if you don't do something, you can actually have a negative effect on your team. And I think a lot of managers sometimes forget to say thank you for really great work.
0: That's great. That is some good advice there. Um, are there any particular jobs that remote working works good for, any that it doesn't work good for? Probably more importantly, the ones that it doesn't really work so well for. Maybe uh manufacturing uh, factory work but aside from that
1: <laughs> Yeah indeed I mean if you're building something together you know you physically need to be there retail stores you know you need to physically be there nurses physically need to be there doctors so you don't want um, your
0: surgeon working remotely yeah
1: Exactly although they have you know they've had remote surgery or or uh yeah they've had virtual surgery for for a while now or even um doctors being How do you do to- virtual surgery I don't get it well, I think um, you can control the 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 device from a different place, right? They oh, have... I gotcha. I gotcha.
2: I okay. I know a heart surgeon that does that with other surgeons. So he's a almost like a consultant, but he does remote into the heart surgeries, and he can override if something's going on.
0: I feel like if they were about to put me under for surgery, and I was like, "Where's the doctor?" and they pointed at a robot, I would. Freak out and be say no! <laughs> <laughs> I really want a human here standing over me.
1: You <laughs> know, in fact, they have had. They have had telemedicine since the Vietnam War. And the reason why it doesn't work is because there is that level of care that you don't feel through the robot. So, right, you know, telepresence was was sort of invented for the medical industry. But people, when they are seeing a doctor, you you need to feel um, a certain amount of empathy and care from somebody. And um, what they're finding with the robots is uh, it's creepy if you don't know the person that's in the robot, but if you do know them and you're familiar with them, then it's then it's a lot easier to get used to it. But you know, if you have a doctor that you haven't seen and you're there, all of a sudden they're beaming in, um, it, it just doesn't work.
0: So you'd mentioned that uh, I think you'd mentioned that most remote workers are part time remote. They work in the office part time, and uh, and and remotely part time. Is that typically more? Uh, mostly in the office and some at home, or is it mostly at home, some in the office? How does that usually work? I think
1: it's mostly in the office with a couple of days at home. I think most people like to be around their colleagues, and they really like that sort of uh, the hustle of the office, and they they are only productive when they're at the office. Then home is home, so they don't want to necessarily work from home. They want that work-life separation. That seems to be the majority of people. They just want a little freedom in their schedule
0: but they also want to be able to not commute every once in a while and that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. Or, you know, the plumber who comes for between 8.00 AM and 6.00 PM, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be able to, to work at home. And what I, what I tell businesses that are hesitant, which is, which is regardless of if you allow flexibility or not, you should have the systems and processes in place to be able to work remotely in case something happens because something always happens. And if, you know, if the person can't get into the office for any reason at all, right. uh, work shouldn't have to stop. So you can strengthen your business, make it less vulnerable by by becoming, they call it remote first. So, you know, all the files are online. Everything that you need can be accessed from anywhere. Um, yeah. And you're productive no matter what happens. That's, it can only be better for you.
0: Yeah. With everything being in the cloud nowadays, it's just the technology's got to make it that much easier.
1: Oh yeah, there's there's almost no excuse anymore. Like why would you make it so that somebody had to be in this one particular location just in order to get their work done? It is almost right. I mean, it's 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 a little it's starting to sound old fashioned.
0: They can either take the day off because the cable guy is coming sometime that week, or they can uh, you know, just work remotely to cover that time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Excellent. Um, Anything else? We're getting close to the end here. Anything else you really want to go over? Anything that we've missed when it comes to remote workers? Um, I'm trying to specifically mention marketing and marketers, but this is is kind of a general subject. It covers marketers, of course. Um, But anything particular that you want to go over we haven't hit on yet?
1: Uh, One last thing is I would say if you're a manager um, and you have remote workers, um, don't don't hesitate to get in the mud with your team and to find out what is it that they're actually struggling with. Because I really believe, as a manager or as a leader of a team, your job is not to tell people exactly what tasks that they should do. Your job is to set the goals, set the strategy, and then get out of the way and let people take you there. Um, but in order to do that, it's also and measure them so that you can manage them well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Them. Because yeah. you want to meet, you want to have measurable targets. I mean, every business wants to have, you know, we have our OKRs our KPIs, you know, every business wants to have measurable targets. No reason why you shouldn't have measurable targets for, for the remote workers. Um, but make sure to get in the mud. My tip is always make sure you're understanding what, you, what it is exactly they're struggling with. And then your job is to remove those impediments.
0: Would you suggest that managers also work remotely some?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say if you're doing this, um, everybody should be experimenting with small, uh, with small steps. So managers should definitely try it out. You know, if you're, I never say like, okay, everybody should just for the next two weeks, go wherever you want to go. And we're going to try this remote working thing. I would never Mm -hmm. um, say that that would be a good experiment. I would almost say Everybody, try calling in from your office onto Zoom and let's see what it's like to all be on a video conference together. You know, And if something right. goes wrong, you're still at the office and you can still meet if you need to.
2: Incremental
1: steps, right? Yes. Small steps without explosions that are too big.
0: I feel like if you tell the managers that are skeptical and buying into remote working, hey, why don't you stay home on Friday to test this out? They might suddenly be a little more interested.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're people too, right?
0: (laughs) Like, oh, wait, you want, I can stay home. Oh, now I see how this works. Now I'm not, now that I'm part of it and it's not just me losing, worried about losing productivity, I can see how it actually works and then they get to see kind of what the pitfalls and what the, how everything works with it too. That's great. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Start with small incremental steps, safe to fail.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, um, it's been a pleasure having you on, Lisette. Um, let me see. We've got, I uh, want to mention some uh, some things about you here. Um, you've got your book, com slash book. You can find that. And can you remind me, what's the name of the book again?
1: It's called Work Together Anywhere.
0: Work Together Anywhere. Fantastic. Um, online workshops on your site as well. We'll have those links on the, on the show notes. Um, you also have a podcast on this specific subject. That's the Collaboration Superpowers podcast, I believe. Is that right?
1: Yep, that's correct
0: fantastic so anybody who wants to know more about um, remote working you can uh, tune into that And then um, again, show notes will have all this stuff as well as contact information for Lissette. Anybody wants to reach out to her. You do trainings. What can you can you give us kind of a brief overview of what you do when it comes to services?
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, the majority of the services that I offer is the Work Together Anywhere workshop. So that you know takes us if you're going to do it online, which I recommend, it's four online sessions of about an hour and a half each, and we go through all the basics. You know, how do you simulate the office online? How do you create a team agreement, feedback, and appreciation? and running great online meetings. And then also a lot of companies, they don't have team agreements in place. So I also get hired to create, help people create team agreements for their company. So I'll take the team through that process of doing it. And then I uh, I am a speaker. So the other uh, part of my income comes from actually going out and giving presentations about remote work.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, you can find more information on Lissette on the show notes at ifyoumarket.com. Uh, so on behalf of uh, Carla Joe Helms and the Ify Market team and Lissette Sutherland of Collaboration Superpower, thank you for listening. And uh, oh, spread the word. If you market the shit out of it, they will come.
2: Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. See you online.
0: All right. Thanks, Lisette.